Welcome to Clear the Clutter. My name is Margaret, and this podcast is where I give you practical and spiritual advice to get your time back so you can finally spend it how you really want. Hey loves, welcome to Clear the Clutter podcast. Today we're going to talk about templates. So episode number 66 is why I'm all in on templates and maybe why you should be too. And of course, I'll have examples for us to dive into. If you want to dive deeper into today's episode, go ahead and grab the companion journal prompts or templates, whatever your verbiage you want to use, over at margaretstevens.co slash shop, or you can click the links in the show notes. So let's go ahead and dive in. So first thing I want to do is I want to point out the entire intention, because you know me, intention and vibes matter, right? So I want to point out the entire intention behind templates, why I'm all in on them. They are designed for people that want to stop feeling overwhelmed, but can't figure out how to maintain their success. So I, I use a generic of, you know, the people overwhelm, maintain, right? The reason why it is generic is because sometimes if you use specific words or specific verbiage or phrases that can go ahead and trigger you to just shut your brain off and not everyone does not everyone feels overwhelmed like I don't I would like to know those people (laughs) to be honest but like not everyone feels overwhelmed and then not everyone feels like they're even maintaining their success so I, I don't want to say that like every single person has to do this like Clearly, there's a subset of people that should use templates. Um, You know, I've used the verbiage journal prompts for 60-something episodes at this point. It's the same systematic process. The difference between, so let's go into that, right? The difference between a journal prompt and a template. A template is an outline or a consistent structure that you would like to use over and over again as a container to make sure that you're out come is somewhat the same, not similar, not identical, but just somewhat the same, right? Journal prompts, on the other hand, journal prompts are for you to go ahead and dive into your subconscious so you can see why you're doing the thing you're doing. So that's the difference, right? Like some people may say like, oh, you just need to do a template for everything or, oh, you don't need templates. You should just journal prompt. They have They both are correct, right? So journal prompts, again, is if you are trying to dive into your mindset, if you're trying to figure out why you're doing this, if you're trying to figure out how to sabotage, why you're sabotaging, how you're sabotaging, you know, what that feels like to you. um, It's a really great safe place to, you know, figure out your desires. That's the intention of a journal prompt versus a template is the second half of that equation. So it is the action steps is how do you take a plan and move forward with it? That's why I have been all in on templates. I have been doing journal prompts for years now. And I I don't say that to be like, oh, I've done them, so therefore I don't have to do them anymore. Clearly, there's always going to be an area where I might want to dive in deeper into why I'm doing something the way I'm doing or why I have this specific fear or what needs to move through me. So I will always go back to use a template if I'm trying to figure out the why. But Once I've figured out the why, once I have, you know, I've talked in multiple episodes about the future me, once I have decided, okay, the future me does X, the future me wants Y, the future me is doing this set of things. Now I want to standardize it. I want to go ahead and make it easier. I want to go ahead and make it simple. And the entire reasoning for all of that is so that you can have some type of easy system that it doesn't matter where you are, what you're doing, what 
tools you have access to, you can for the most part rinse and repeat. You know, the whole point of it is to make it easier on yourself. So let's dive into a whole nother level of geekdom. So we're not even four minutes into the episode and I'm already like two levels deep on geekdom, right? And we're going straight to like ultimate geekiness. Let's talk about friction. So friction might not sound sexy. It is not a buzzword. It is not in the woke mindset of most people. No one really thinks about friction unless they are either like a website designer or they're trying to sell something. Like really great salespeople think about friction, right? But the reason why friction is important It is because the more friction you have around something, whatever your end goal is, the more friction you have between your starting point and your end goal, the likelihood of you getting there is going to decrease drastically. Now, you might be thinking, hey, Mags, you know, I love your stuff. I love your podcast, but I didn't come here to learn about friction. I want you to keep friction in the back of your head while you're listening to this episode about templates because I want you to start paying attention, just like we've talked about in the future, future me series, I should call it episodes. I want you to start paying attention where there's stress, where there's anxiety, where you feel overwhelmed, where you, um, you know, you can do something a couple of times, but you go ahead and you can't follow through with it. It's, It's the same concept of, you know, like New Year's Eve, right? New Year's Eve comes, everyone sets all these big, crazy goals, and then they're like, I'm going to work out, I'm going to lose 15 pounds, I'm going to make an extra amount of blank money, I'm going to do all of these things, right? This is my year, I'm going to go big. But what they don't account for, and this is why gyms have the most signups in like, you know, January, and then by like March, everyone like falls off the face of the earth, and if the gym's lucky, they forget to cancel their subscription membership. But like the reason why people go from super excited to falling off the face of the earth is because they encounter all of these friction steps in the process of where they are to where they want to be and it becomes so much that they're like you know what screw it it's not worth it anymore and you know part of me even hesitates to say that because it sounds like so not just woo right it sounds woo but at the same time it sounds like laziness and I mm, I hate I hate I hate laziness I hate it um There's a difference between taking a day off. There's a difference between resting. There's a difference between boundaries and laziness. So the, the, you know, me uttering the words that basically, you know, it just is too much, like kind of like makes me itchy, but I go back to it's because there is all of these blockages, all of these um, hurdles in the way, all of this friction in the way. And one of the things that you can do, because, again, we all have limited brain juice. I'll put the episode link in the show notes. Um, But I talked about, like, uh, managing your energy of units. And, you know, my thought process in the example was, you know, you have 100 units of energy every single day and you technically can't get more. You can't carry over from yesterday, but you could always start also in a negative. So I've talked about all of that, right? Well, if you are trying to recreate something over and over and over again, you're going to use up this available energy of units. And then by the time the end of the day comes, you all know that we all know that feeling where you had a rough day at work because just a lot of things happened. Maybe it wasn't even bad, but just a lot, right? You had a lot of things happen at work. You're not coming home to some random person cooking you a home cooked meal, or you're not doing takeout and you're, you open your fridge and you stare at it and you're like, oh my God, what do I make tonight? That is friction. And then that's when you're like, you know what? 
screw it. Let me go ahead and order takeout. Let me go ahead and go out. Let me go ahead and eat a bowl of cereal. Let me go ahead and do the least frictiony thing because I'm so tired that I can't, I, I can't do it anymore. I can't maintain and think about what type of awesome, amazing salad I'm supposed to make or some quinoa ricey thing, whatever that's keto and paleo and perfect and amazing and vegetarian at the same time, because I'm so tired that I just want to eat and I just want to sit in front of the TV and maybe watch the latest episode of, you know, my favorite TV show. And I just want to relax. That is friction. So where successful people avoid or minimize the amount of friction in their life as possible, this is the same thing that you can do too. So I don't know if you've ever heard or paid attention to, again, we're going kind of in the wooey today and kind of in the nerdy. So like, this is like the nerdy wooey vibey podcast episode, but I don't know if you've ever paid attention to, um, like Mark Zuckerberg back in the day when he was all hot and not evil <laughs> or some people perceiving him to be evil, whatever. Um, but back in the day, everyone was like, why is this kid wearing a hoodie and jeans and sneakers? And he's a multi-bajillion dollar CEO. It wasn't because he just loved hoodie and jeans and sneakers. He could have paid a personal you know, stylist. He could have paid someone to dress him up and make him all fancy and that he would never have to think. But people like him, people like Michael Phelps, people that are very high level achievers and outputters. And I don't like the achievers just like, oh, you know, we think they're cool. No, I'm talking like they produce a bunch of stuff. They create results that not everyone can create. They're at the top of their field. One of the things that they have in common is they go ahead and they reduce friction and they have a template so that their brain power, their most important units of energy is saved for something that actually matters. So like uh, one thing I remember forever ago, um, back in the day when Michael Phelps was huge, one thing that he did is for like the last, I don't know, decade, two decades, something like that, he had the same boring ass breakfast day in and day out. He had the same wake up routine. He had the same music set that he listened to. He had the same visualization mantra that he went through. The same thing. Like to me, that makes me just feel like I'm going to die in claustrophobic. Like I, I just can't even imagine eating the same thing for years. Not like a little bit, not like a month, not like a season. Cause I'm totally into it. I'm talking years, but the reason why he did it was because that for him was the easiest way to get away from having all of this extra fiction of what do I make for breakfast today? Oh, should I have eggs or should I have toast? Does this have enough protein? Does that have too many carbs? Is this going to make me bloated in the water? Am I going to blah, blah, blah. So instead of having to think of all of those things, he created a template. He created the most suffocating style to me template of I'm going to eat this for breakfast. I'm going to listen to this workout uh, playlist. I'm going to go ahead and have this visualization. And that is going to be my routine until I win the Olympics. And then mother trucker wins the freaking Olympics. So like clearly his system worked and I don't want to use just one person and have it be like, oh, well, that's a correlation, not a causation, right? Like that one thing didn't help him just become this magical person. In actuality, it did, because if you look at super awesome, successful people, people that we admire, people that we are in awe of the things that they create or the things that they put their body through, like, you know, for, again, the freaking Olympics, all of those people, right? We may, and we don't even have to like them personally. There's some people out there that I don't necessarily like personally, but I'm like, damn, I am impressed with their hustle, with their drive, with their skill set, with their level to achieve this. I'm impressed by something that they do. All of it comes back down to a template. 
So let's dive into the template a little bit, right? Again, because the entire intention of a template is so that we can stop feeling overwhelmed and we can maintain and grow the success we have. So just like with everything else, I encourage you always to try something on and see if it fits. And I've learned the unscientific way I've learned that to see if something fits is how it feels, right? Like if it doesn't feels good, feels good, good Lord. If it doesn't feel good, then to me, it feels itchy. I get antsy. I fidget. Um, I'll make like, I'll kind of hunch my shoulders and tuck my head in. My body language just completely changes. Like my body language is my canary in the coal mine, right? That is how I can tell whether I'm conscious of it or not if something doesn't feel good. But when something does feel good, my body language completely changes. So like I get all handsy and Spanishy. I fidget in my chair in a good way because I'm excited and I can't like contain my energy. I talk really fast. Um, my eyes get big. I, I lean forward. My shoulders are down and relaxed. My my you know, my heart and my chest is exposed and open and willing to receive like my body language and my, my thought process and my emotions, they completely changed. So that is one of the first things I look at to see if something I am doing is working. And then I'm like, okay, clearly I'm doing X, Y, and Z. And clearly it's working because the body language is telling me so. Let me try and do it a couple of different times and see if I even like it. Because there's always something that you're going to do that You've done it once or you've done it twice, but you're like, you know what? I don't want to make this a part of my life. And that's totally okay. Um, but once you've identified, let's go back, right? So you've identified what's working for you. You've tried it a couple times. You're like, clearly I really like this, but I would like to make it a little bit more uh, structured, a little bit more template vibes so that when I go to do this thing, then I can either get the same style of results or maybe it's just not as exhausting. So one example I will give you is uh, dinner, right? Um, I was talking with one of my girlfriends about this the other day, and I'm pulling it up in the background. Um, I was talking about dinner, and that's why I brought dinner up as an example. Um, we've been having just a lot of things go on at the dealership. Not good, not bad, just a lot, right? And one of the things that I was like, okay, I, I if I have to go home tomorrow and figure out what I'm going to have for dinner again, I'm just going to lose my damn mind. Like the thought process of every single night going home and then therefore deciding what we're going to have for dinner, not my vibe. I can't do it anymore. Like I went on like a three, almost four year, like strike of like, I cooked, I'm not cooking anymore. It's Ben's decade. Like I've, I've, that's always been like the running joke. Ben cooked for a couple of years and like now he's burnt out. So both of us are burnt out on cooking. And I'm like, no, this is, this is not the vibe. Burnt out is totally not the vibe. And clearly we need to eat something. And I prefer it to be healthy and I prefer it to be at the house because that just makes me happy, right? So I created a template. I called it food savior um, because I was just trying to be a little silly. But basically, I came out with three buckets. I came out with a freezer to table bucket. I came out with a fridge to table bucket. And then I came out with a bucket of Sunday dinner vibes. And what I did is I started looking at, again, I go back to, I started looking at the things that were already working in my life. So one of the things, and I'll give you an example so this makes sense. So I'm using the freezer to table example. Some, I wanted like, for each of these categories, I wanted five. Because five for me felt like a whole week and it felt good, right? If I could just make it through the work week, I can make it through anything. So freezer to table, um, I'll give you two of the examples. Um, burgers and shrimp scampi. For us, 
That is things that we almost always have in the house. We always have we always have the ingredients to make it. It's super easy. It's under 30 minutes. We literally can pop them out of the freezer and then within 30, 45 minutes, we could have a meal. So I, again, I, I, I went off existing success. I took about 30 minutes to do this. You know, I wrote, you know, I created the template. Um, I made it a really easy system, really easy formula. Um, my systems and formulas almost always live in Evernote just because no matter where I'm at, they're with me. So if I'm on a random computer, I can log into my Evernote account. If I'm on my phone, if I'm on my tablet, if I'm on my computer at home, um, pretty much anywhere, as long as I have some version of an internet connection or I've had the, the uh, app downloaded on my phone already, my templates are available to me. So that's why I've always been like super happy about using Evernote. But what did I do is I created a template. Again, it sounds really easy and simple, but having less friction at the second half of my night or, you know, my second day shift, as I like to jokingly call it, well, then that made things simpler. And then I started to expand off of what was successful. And then I go back to, I made it even easier than what it could be. Not only did I make it easy, not only did I write it out, but I made it like next level easy. And it's like, okay, not only am I going to have like burgers is going to be a category or shrimp scampi is going to be a category, you know, again, might sound really simple and, and cheesy, right? But I'm like, you know what, I'm going to make it a hyperlink so that if I want, I can go ahead and go back to our favorite recipe that we've made a million times that if my brain is so fried that I can't even remember how to make a dang burger, I don't have to. It's there. It's systematic. I can use it anywhere. I can make this simple. And um, that is the entire intention of all the journal prompts I've created. This episode is going to be kind of a blend between journal prompts and template vibes. But even still, the whole point of the journal prompts, the whole point of diving deeper into all of the episodes, um, and going to the website, clicking on the show notes, whatever it is, right? The entire intention of those is so that you can spend time identifying what's not working. But this episode in particular, it's a matter of where can we create templates in your life? Where? You know, so let's go back to it, right? MargaretStevens.co slash shop is a template. If you think about it, I have, at least for the last couple episodes, I have systematically said that specific website, right? I've made it so that all of the links, there's, you know, I can have you guys click on things within three steps. I make it really easy. You can click on the show notes, but I have a template to make things easier. And it's not obviously only for my benefit, it's for your benefit. If you want to read the show notes, if you want to look at a book I'm recommending, if you want to go ahead and buy one of my courses, if you want to buy a journal prompt, all of those things, right? Instead of being a crazy person and saying the title of a book and hoping you remember it and hoping that you remember to go click on this and click on that or even oh my God, even recreate the links for these things over and over again, I would go insane. I would just absolutely legit go insane. And I say that because I've done it years and years and years ago, um, before my website was definitely what it's like today, I would have book recommendations or course recommendations or people that I follow recommendations. Like I would have recommendations. I've never been shy of recommending someone's work that I admire, but I didn't make it easy. So someone would ask me about a book and instead of like, 
you know, sending them to, I don't know, what was it? It's, I think it's like margaretstevens.co slash books, no, books I love. So instead of sending them there, where all of the books I love are there in a clickable link that someone could click on, go to Amazon, boom, the book is right there, right? Instead of making it that level simple, instead of using that template, what I would do is I would go on Amazon, I would find the book, I would grab the link, I would send it to them. Sometimes I would email it, sometimes I would text it, sometimes I would, you know, look it up on their phone for them. Like it was a process and it was a thing and it was messy and it was ugly and it was a waste of my time and my brain energy. Not necessarily saying that recommending the book or having a list of, you know, food savior uh, recipes is a waste of time. It is the act of rinsing and repeating over and over again for the sake of like retardedness. That is a waste of time. You've already put the energy into making something work. Why not systemize it? Why not leverage that? Because here's the other thing too, right? A lot of people don't realize that, or the reason why most people, I should say, don't embrace templates is because they think that either, it's a couple of things. They think it's being lazy, which shocker, it's not. They think that there's no room for creativity. Again, shocker, it's not. They think that, oh, by using a template, it's there for less than. And it's like, again, no, it's not. The whole intention of a template is so that like books, like I was talking about with the books, I can recommend books. So say I'm talking to someone and I totally recommend a book to them. So I go ahead and I, you know, you know what, go ahead and go here. Here's the website. Click on this link, margaretstevens.co slash books. I love go there and look up the habits book I was telling you about. You'll totally love it. Right? So not only can they go there and look at the habits book I was talking to them about, but they can also see all the other books I'm recommending. So maybe there's a book that they were too shy to ask me about. Maybe there's a topic they are too embarrassed to ask me about, but I'm clearly recommending it on this website. So now I've made it a tool that not only benefits fits me, but it benefits the other person. Same thing with the whole dinner food savior vibes. It doesn't just benefit me because the thought of just figuring out what to make for dinner every single night just makes me like cringe inside, but it benefits Ben. It benefits our food budget. It benefits our waistline. It benefits our health. Like there is all of these benefits. So it's not necessarily being lazy or being indulgent in a bad way or, you know, being, being suffocated and not creative, I think it gives you that much more room to be creative. And, you know, you know, we're getting into the good bits because I'm starting to like super fidget, right? So I started thinking about templates. Um, ben was going through this phase uh, a couple weeks ago where he was watching like Gordon Ramsay. Like it was like tw- the house was 24-7 Gordon Ramsay. And mind you, love the man. Clearly, he's an extremely talented man. I am secretly, like, in love and giddy with how much he curses. Like, I I don't know. It's something dumb. I didn't grow up in a household that, like, allowed cursing, which is fine. Like, I don't judge my mom or my dad for it. But, like, as an adult, like, I kind of overcorrected. And, like, I get a little giddy and I get a little, like, schoolgirl, like, oh, that's naughty, but I love it when someone curses. And so the fact that part of Gordon Ramsay's brand is cursing, like, it just, I just die. I just totally love it. So Ben was on this vibe and this kick for week, like legit weeks about Gordon Ramsay. And it wasn't just Gordon Ramsay, one type of episode. Oh no, we went through, I swear to God, it felt, whether it's true or not, it felt like we were watching every single freaking episode of every type of content he's ever created. And it was just episode after episode after episode. And for a good chunk of it, I zoned out. Like I'm not even trying to lie. Like I totally zoned out. 
But one thing that I paid attention, or I guess my subconscious, I should say, I should give my credit where credit is due. My subconscious paid attention. We were going through this kick of watching, I think it was like, um, um, like bar, not a bar rescue, but it was like restaurant rescues, Airbnb, uh, like, um, bed and breakfast rescues, like things like that. Right. Like he had, we had moved on from the series of him just rescuing like flat out restaurants. Now he was rescued, you know, rescuing like destination places, like I said, bread and breakfasts, things like that. And the biggest thing that all of these businesses had in common wasn't the customer, wasn't the customer issues, right? It wasn't even the owner's knowledge or lack of knowledge. It didn't matter how much money the owners had. Um, it didn't matter how hands-on the owners were. The biggest thing that they saw that they had a problem with was they would go ahead and they would have a menu that was like 20, 30, 40, you know, 50, 60, 80 items deep. And they would have this crazy, crazy, crazy menu and they wouldn't focus on something. They wouldn't standardize something. And even if they kind of did, depending on who was making like the widget, right? So I don't know, they were making chicken parm. Let's say they're making chicken parm. Depending on who was making the chicken parm, they made it different every freaking time. So like there was never any consistency. So the big thing that Gordon Ramsay used to do for everything is he would go in, he would you know yell at them. He'd do a little cursing here and there. I'd giggle inside. <laughs> um he would go through and he would completely revamp the menu and the menu I mean like if that man made anything more than like a one-page menu like the world needs to fall apart and I know I'm like being you know a little you know exaggerating but like legitimately he took something that was crazy and chaotic and messy and not standardized and not consistent and he simplified the ever-living shit out of it like one thing he did there was again this is probably god who god knows how old this episode is because at this point ben had figured out how to watch all the youtubes and the no all the hulu things so now we're watching gordon ramsay on youtube because we didn't get enough of him um <laughs> but like this guy went to this teeny tiny little restaurant in Paris. I mean, it probably, if it was three, 400 square feet, it would have been like big, right? And the, the owner kept saying like, oh, you know, even though they were in, again, they're in Paris, they're in a touristy, touristy district of Paris, mind you. So like the best of the best location, right? That person, that owner, she kept saying, oh, I can't do a lunch menu. I can't do a lunch menu. I can't do a lunch menu. Mother trucker advertise and to prove her wrong he did it all himself and i'm like mother freaking fricker he did all this shit himself so he not only went down to the the corner square to lead people to the restaurant advertise then went back and he made what was it it was um tomato soup and grilled cheese and that was the menu that was it that's all he served was tomato soup and grilled cheese he advertised it then he ran back to the restaurant he cooked all of it himself he plated all of it himself he cashed out people and he served people he did everything himself because he had a systemized template he was making the same tomato soup for every freaking trucker that came in he made the same grilled cheese for every single person that came in it was the same price for every single person so of course what could he do he could explode and he could scale i think they did like I forgot the covers and I'm, I'm not wanting to quote it. So I'm wrong, but like he, I don't know. He think he did like two or 300 covers, which normally means like plates for like a lunch rush that he randomly like said, Hey, come eat my tomato soup and grilled cheese. And mind you, yes, it's Gordon Ramsay. So duh, it's going to be absolutely amazing. But the entire point of it is his success level was phenomenally amazingly drastically 10 X times what it should have been. 
but it was 10x because he had a system and he had a system, he had a template. And because of that template, he was able to call in all the ducats. And that's the part that I think people miss. I, I think that they look at a template, they look at, they look at that and they think it's very structured. It's very controlling. It's, you know, it definitely could even be perceived as lazy because you're doing the same thing over and over again. But in reality is whether it's energetically, spiritually, mentally, systematically, uh, you know, scalable, it, it frees up all of this space so that you can spend the space where you want it. So clearly in that example with Gordon Ramsay in a restaurant in Paris in probably 2005, because again, we were deep YouTubes at this point. He had the owner had the foresight to just stop and listen. She didn't even have to be present. She could have been like, you know what? I'm not feeling this anymore. I don't want to run this restaurant. I'm going to hire a little waitress. I'm going to hire a cook and I'm just going to cash people out. That's all she could have done. She could have sat there on her tushy and cash people out, right? And instead, she refused to see that a template could make her that much more successful. And, you know, same thing, Michael Phelps. Does, does anyone want to eat the same damn breakfast for year after year after year? No. But he recognized that if I eat the same boring ass breakfast every single year, I'm going to have all of this brain space, all of this energy, all of this extraness so that I can focus on swimming so that I can become the best swimmer in the world so that I can win an Olympic medal so I can do all of these amazing things same thing with creepy Mark Zuckerberg he wears the same outfit he does this he does that it's very systematic very structured because he knew that where we should be spending our time is not recreating the wheel there is a reason why we still ride around on wheels. It's because it works. It's be, you know, and again, wheels, right? Let's use wheels as an example. So you can go ahead and ride around on a wheel and you could have a mud tire, a truck tire, an ATV tire, a bicycle tire, a dirt bike tire. You could have a tractor tire. There's all this level of variation and creativity that you can have, but your system and your structure is the same. It's a round piece of rubber that rides on a rim, that rides on an axle, that rides on a machine, right? So that's the whole point of templates. If you can get past the ego part of it, if you can embrace it, if you can recognize how much more it gives you, now you can call in all the things. So this is where we go back to the woo, because you know I love me a good woo. It gives you the practical, right? It gives you a systematic, practical tool that you can use that you can implement. And then the woo part is, comes in. You can now start, start calling in more. You can now start handling more more. Or maybe you want to like outsource. So now again, I go back to you can call in more. You can call in a VA. You can call in some help at home. You could call in, I, I don't know, like coworkers to do things because it is the same, because it is systematic, because it is a tool that everyone can use. And that's the other part of it too. Like I don't want you to just use this tool on your own. I want you to, whether you do it ninja vibe style or whether you do it, um, you know, like out in the open, I want you to embrace templates. So whether you use the word template with people or not, I want you to embrace it. I want you to show that there is wealth, that there is power, that there is flow, that there is abundance that comes from using a template. And I want you to start having people in your life use those templates. So say every Wednesday night, it's garbage night. 
and you're trying to get your family on board, they need to know the template and the structure that every Wednesday night at eight o'clock after dinner, we go ahead and we take out all the garbage and then we do X. I mean, sometimes the template can really be that simple. Sometimes we can use a template or a structure and when we're asking for help, it doesn't always have to be something we're trying to better, better for ourselves. It could be something we're trying to better for our family. It could be a way to spend money. It could be a way to save money. It could be a way to account for money. It could be a way to go ahead and get self-care. It could be a way to work out consistently. It can be a way to get sleep consistently. Like there's all these different applications that you can go ahead and use a template so that, again, you can call in the abundance you're desiring. Because that's all the point of this, right? Like, I believe in templates. I'm clearly using templates. I, I mean, like I'm in my office right now doing this episode and I have one, two, three, four, five, six, six templates on my wall right now that I have systemized, I have strategized, I have put the abundance part into it. And then I took them because I was so dead set on them. I took them and I put a little command sticky and I put them on my wall. So I'm all in on templates. I think you should be all in on templates. I think that it'll bring you a lot more flow and a lot more abundance. But if it's not for you, then also think of the people around you. Because, you know, I did this episode a couple of episodes ago about, you know, whatever we do, once we do it actually well, not just do it, right? But like once we do it really, really well, people around us start to mimic us. And You know, it's interesting how the strongest personality or the strongest thing gets mimicked. So why not make it something that's smart and successful? Why not use a template to make your life easier, to make your life simpler so that other people can mimic that and maybe they can help make your life easier. And if not, maybe they can make their own life easier as well. It's the entire intention of it. So let's go ahead and wrap this up. Templates are the vibes. Templates are, again, different than journal prompts. We've gone over that probably a dozen times at this point, but I want you to start thinking of the templates that you want to use, that you want to start implementing. And if you need to, you can go ahead and dive into the journal prompt template guide because I'm tweaking it for this episode. Go to margaretstevens.co slash shop. Go there grab it. Um, I'm actually going to give you a coupon code. So if you've listened this far and you go to grab the journal prompts or the template, whatever word you want to use, right? If you're going to grab it, uh, podcast love, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-L-O-V-E. Doesn't matter. It's all lowercase, right? So podcast love is going to be your coupon code. You can type it in at Etsy and you can go ahead and get your coupon off of your journal prompts. So With that being said, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'd love to hear how you're actually implementing this stuff into your day-to-day. Or if you want, go ahead and tag me how you're listening to this. Are you listening on a walk? Are you working out? Are you cooking? Are you cleaning? Are you um, listening in the background at work? Go ahead and tag me on the socials or drop a comment in the Etsy store and let me know how this is helping you. I will talk to you soon. Love you all. Bye. Have a burning question for me? Want that link I was talking about? Get access to all the resources and links that were mentioned in this episode and others over at margaretstevens.co. And if you haven't, don't forget to sign up for my VIP list where I share special bonuses, pre-launch coupon codes, and advice I don't share anywhere else. Thanks for listening.